Welcome to the Evolved Caveman Podcast. I am Dr. John, the guide for your heroic journey towards greater health, success, and most importantly, happiness. And now, on with the show. Hey everybody, this is Dr. John back with the latest episode of The Evolved Caveman. And I am really excited to have with me today, Frank Rich, who is host of The Superhuman Life. But not only that, he's a former bodybuilder, entrepreneur, men's health coach, and he has lived with and battled addiction, depression, and anxiety for almost 20 years. And now he's on a mission to help men who are suffering from the same issues take back control of their lives through the power of faith and fitness. Frank has helped thousands of men transform their physiques through his online coaching platform. And he is also the founder and CEO of Rebuilt Recovery, which is based on a holistic approach to addiction recovery. It provides fitness training for men going through recovery, as well as one-to-one coaching for men aiming to break free from porn addiction, which is going to be our major topic today. And his goal is that by being open and transparent with his struggles and having real and raw conversations with others, that he can help you to face your darkness, take control, and ultimately create the life you've always dreamed of, your own superhuman life. So Frank, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing great, John. Grateful, uh, grateful to be here, brother. Looking forward to our conversation. Yeah, thank you for coming aboard. I appreciate it. So to start with, would you mind telling us your story where you kind of went through darkness, hell, addiction, and then came out on the other side? Absolutely, man. And, and I'll try to keep this as, as short as possible. And if yeah, I get long winded, please, ask. please do cut me because <laughs> I, I, I do at times tend to go on these tangents as a podcaster, storyteller, speaker. Like sometimes I think we just enjoy to hear ourselves talk. Um, no, but I think, you know, I think the, the bio there that you read, I think did, you know, did a, did a great job of, of kind of, you know, introducing at least my background. So, you know, on one, on, on one side of things, I've always been this person that has pursued more. I've always pursued either people performance or personal development, you know, through all lenses, right? Obviously bodybuilding being a major pillar in, in my life that really introduced to me the, the ability to work hard, to, uh, to, to, to set a goal, uh, to build discipline. And then at the end of, you know, a time period, if you can stay consistent with execution, you, you produce an outcome. And many times you produce the outcome that you're looking for. Bodybuilding is a physical transformation. Did I always win every single show? No, but that never was really was about for me. I've also, you know, I've been an entrepreneur for 10, 11 years now, you know, uh, kind of, you know, broke out of the corporate world, uh, my late twenties after just realizing I was sick and tired of building other people's dreams. I'd rather just go out and do it on my own. You know, I've been, you know, a consumer of, of personal development, the Tony Robbins seminars, you know, books, Brian Tracy, Zig Ziller going all the way back to the classics. The classics um, and then, yeah. you know, still, still, still to this day, you know, I'm uh, deep into the development work. So that's been one side of my life, right? Like exterior looks incredible. You know, I built an amazing physique. I've done some modeling, you know, dated lots of beautiful women, had some monetary success, you know, built some businesses, whatnot. So on the outside, it all looked like incredible, shiny, glossy success, right? On the second side of things, as I kind of shared with you uh, before we started recording, I come from, you know, a family of addiction and depression and, and suicide. So, you know, it's four generations of men in my, in my family that have taken a life. I saw addiction, you know, firsthand in, in my home. I saw it, you know, firsthand within my family, drugs, so wait, alcohol. Let me, let me just slow you down there for yeah. a second. So are, just to be clear, you're saying you have four generations of men who committed suicide in your family history. Yes. Wow. That's 
Yeah. So if we go cousin, so this is, this is current generation. Well, now we have, now we have, you know, uh, nieces and nephews. So there's, there's a new generation, but, um, at the time, I think I was 10. Um, I had a, I had a cousin, I was 16. He was caught up in, you know, the gang scene down in, down in South Florida. Um, you know, there was a lot going on in, 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 the, yeah. in the home environment, drugs, you know, like I, like I talked about addiction. Um, so he took his life and then my father's cousin, um, and then my uncle. Um, so I guess that would be the same generation. So four men, three, three generations. Now you're, actually, well, yeah, yeah, now you're actually asking it, but still, I mean, that's, you know, that's, yeah. it's a backlog, you know, and, and yeah. as we are talking about, you know, kind of some of that genetic wiring, the epigenetics here, I think for me, like, as I was struggling with depression and just, you know, feelings of not being enough for me i think probably the pursuit in bodybuilding and the pursuit in personal development came out of not feeling whole and complete you know i think that there was something well, if I can, that I if I can pause you there because i think you're absolutely right and i think that's our it's many men's first strategy right we we feel not enough we feel less than mm. and so we begin to work on our physical body yeah the outer appearance the external appearance and then and I've seen men also pursue wealth and power mm-hmm. in a similar way. And then they still, you know, you wake up and you're 50 and you're, you could be, you could have a great physique. You might have, you might be rich as hell, yeah. but you still wake up and you're like, fuck, I'm miserable. Like, yeah. This sucks. And, and yeah. so you haven't dealt with that depression or the emotional awareness piece. So, sorry, continue your story. No, John, that's, I mean, that's so, so well articulated. You know, I had a, I had a moment in, in my life that came in 2015. Um, you know, I was in Orlando, Florida. I was staying in a suite. I was competing in, you know, world bodybuilding show. I placed third at, at that show, right? Wow, you know, I worked huge. for, uh, you know, I worked for months. You know, I worked for years to develop the frame and base. Uh, and then I worked for months to get ready for that show. At the time, I was dating one of the, you know, most well-known, you know, women in, in the fitness community. Um, um, you know, we, we, we were together. So here I am, you know, worked hard to accomplish this goal. Um, she's there with me. You know, I had a business that was very successful at the time after losing. And I took that show as a loss, even though I did place third, like I, I, I stayed up all I, night I long. Think in the pretty suite. damn good. I, I, it, looking back, it was incredible. Right. But yeah. it, it wasn't what I was worked for. So for me, I, I, I had all these, all these accomplishments and, and I stayed up all night. I didn't sleep that night. And I thought about killing myself in that hotel. Um, and that was just one that's of those moments. Man. That's actually, sorry to interrupt. That's actually, you could interpret that as a success or a failure placing mm-hmm. third, right? That I understand if your goal is first, it's easy to gauge it as a failure, but shit, I, I look at third and I'm like, damn, that's pretty impressive. And, and so it's all perspective, right? It's, it's it one, it 100% is man. And I, I social had, comparison, right? Are you comparing yourself to the two guys who placed better than you or to the hundred guys that placed worse than you? Well, not only that, I, I was with a woman that was best in the world. So the fact that I wasn't, I begin to question my another my person begin to question yeah. my, like, which is she which even going to want to be with me do. tomorrow? Yeah. Right? It's so easy to question our masculinity. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that was, that was, that was that kind of moment for me. Now I wish that would have been the wake up call, but that was just one of, of many more series it, it of moments. It takes a few to the side of the head. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, and then we kind of fast forward here, you know, get us to 2018. I had exited one business, you know, kind of made some poor decisions there, uh, got in some kind of financial trouble, had launched a second business, uh, which was Frank Rich Fitness, which you talked about in the, in, in, in the bio there. Um, but that, 
wasn't really taking off as as much as I thought it was going to as well. And I'm thinking like, God, okay, I'm in these I'm in these business networking groups. I'm paying twenty five thousand dollars for coaching. Um, I'm going to masterminds. I'm flying all around the country to go to these events. Like, why are these guys having the success? But like, I'm not. And I think the 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 moment of clarity came to me one morning. It's like, cause with an online fitness business and for me, like what I really wanted to bring, I wanted to use fitness as a tool to bring personal development to the world. I wanted to use fitness as a catalyst to help men become the best version of, of, of themselves. Yeah. Right. Makes but the sense. problem John was, is Frank wasn't operating at the best version of himself. So I had this moment where it's like, Frank, you're a complete fraud. Like you are a liar to everybody. How are you going to help anybody else become the best version of yourself when you're not addressing these areas of your life? And that was a real moment of clarity. Yeah, I could change, I could change somebody's body. And probably had I kept the message in the fitness business all about bodybuilding, all about building more muscle, all about losing fat, I may not have that moment of clarity, but it's because I was trying to experience expand the message out to more of a personal development kind of self leadership uh, message. It's like, dude, you're not leading yourself. So I had to begin to ask myself some tough questions and, you know, it started with drugs and alcohol uh, and it was eliminating that out of my life completely. So this literally as the clock turned, you know, from December 31st to January 1st, 2019, I made a couple commitments. I was going to go a year without drinking. Um, Not that I was a person that like struggled, you know, I never really looked at my as an alcoholic, but it was a vice and it was a place that I could go to and escape um, very easily. But at the same time, because I, you know, I'm doing it for such a long time, I could keep functioning in my day to day life, but I knew it was holding me back. I wasn't the best version right. of myself. So I'll call completely out of the way. Um, the next one is like, even though I was, I was the face of a fitness company, I let my body go pretty bad um, due to some of the drinking, due to, you know, just some of the stress eating and whatnot. So I said, I need to make a radical fitness transformation. So I committed at that point, John, to doing the carnivore diet uh, for the month of January in 2019. We don't need to go into the details, um, but all it is, is it's, you know, it's meat only. So for 30 days, I was like, I'm just going to eat nothing but meat. Cause I knew if I could stick to something like this, I could make a massive transformation in my body and maybe use that as kind of some marketing materials to maybe build some traction in, in, in the business. Um, but that John did so much more than change the way my physique looked. Obviously did an amazing job there. I dropped 21 pounds in 30 days. Wow. I went from like 18% body fat to just over 10% body fat, incredible transformation, but the mental clarity, the focus, that's what really like came out of, came out of that. And that leads us to, you know, the middle of February of 2019. And at this point, John, I hadn't really talked a lot about my porn addiction. I had heard a podcast like six months prior with two men that were talking about their struggles with it. And it made me think like, and I watch porn all every single day. Like, but I don't, I didn't think I had a problem. I was like, yeah, it's abnormal. Like I watch it all the time. Like my girlfriend leaves and it's the first thing I do. Like I knew it was abnormal, but I never really looked into like the forums or the coaching or, or the addiction side of things. But as I began to kind of explore some of the Ted talks, I was like, wow, there really is something to this. This really is hijacking my brain. This is really is, you know, controlling my dopamine. This is really maybe, maybe leading to some of these depressive thoughts that I'm having some of this darkness, some of this cloudiness, this could all be tied together. So, what I believe was only through the grace of God. I was, you know, I was, I was planted in a car with somebody on February 14th after a workout. Uh, somebody that I highly respect. This is a, you know, a, a very strong masculine man, somebody that served our country. He's a Marine. Um, and just after this workout one day, we're just having a conversation. Like Zach's a very close friend of mine. And 
sitting in the car talking out of nowhere, he's like, Hey Frank, I need to tell you about these breathing exercises that I got from Wim Hof. Um, it's doing a lot for me to, you know, control my, you know, my heart rate. It's doing a lot for me to just harness my sexual energy, but more than anything, Frank, it's helping me stay off of porn. And, and when he said that, cause it came out of nowhere, right? It's not like we were talking about porn. He literally yeah. like injected this into the middle of the conversation. I said, wait a minute, what did you just say, Zach? He's like, yeah, this breathing stuff is, is helping me get off porn. No, no, no. Tell me about your problem with porn. Cause I never had a conversation with another grown man about his struggles. And Zach, you know, right there, he's like, dude, I've been, I've been stuck on this thing for years, going back to when I was Iraq. The army used to encourage these guys. Like if you're stressed, go into the tent there and it just stuck with him for, for decades. Mm. And by Zach admitting that to me, that was the invitation that I needed, John. That was the invitation that I needed because I had been processing things in my head without talking about them to finally once in, in for all talk about what I'd been going through for almost two decades. So 38 now, I was introduced to porn when I was six. I stumbled across my dad's magazine and it became, you know, obviously, you know, changed, changed my world. Um, we got internet around 15, 16. Um, and I can remember within the first, first 30 minutes of having a computer in my room. Like I found, you know, I found naked pictures online. Um, and then because I worked in the cell phone industry in my early 20s, I was one of the first users of the color screen Blackberry, um, mm -hmm. which once again, within 30 minutes of having uh, internet on my phone, I found the porn. So it was always a part of my life. But I told Zach right there after that conversation, I said, I'm committed to getting this out of my life. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know how this is going to happen, but I believe this is what needs to be done. But there's two things, Zach, that I need from you right now, or one thing I need from you. And then the other step I'll take on my own. I said, Zach, will you hold me accountable? Like, will you just check in with me? If I call you and I don't know what to do, will you just be there for me? He said, absolutely. And I think that just speaks to the power of men needing other men like in yeah. their life. Right. Um, and then secondly, I was in a relationship at the time and she needed to know. And, 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 and a lot of it back then was because um, this is not the same relationship from uh, the hotel room, just mm -hmm. so everybody is clear. This was a newer woman that came into my life because this was already four years after that. But Stephanie, okay. who I was with, like I had seen potential future in her. But just like I had that conversation with myself about not showing up authentically online, I wasn't showing up to, to Stephanie. So she needed to know. Um, so the next step was to, you know, admit everything to her. So that came the following day. I, I remember walking into the bathroom as she's getting ready for one morning. I got this laptop underneath my arm and the laptop was something that stayed in the closet for me because it was my porn laptop. Because I'd been caught in previous relationships, like with the browser history. And I was like, mm -hmm. uh, 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 it's never going to happen again. I'll just have a secret laptop that nobody even knows about. So literally like I wouldn't pull a laptop out until she was gone, set it up, consume my porn, do my thing, put it away. Um, so she saw me walk in there and I said, I need to talk to you about something. She's like, what is the computer for? I was like, just trust me to stay with me. Um, so I, you know, like I share with her all these things, how I know she knows that I watch it. Cause I'd been asking her if she would watch it with me, but I don't think she understood right. the severity of it. You know, sometimes it's like the first thing I, you do. I do when you leave the house, like I literally watch your car turn, you know, turn off the road. So I know that you're gone and not returning. So I admitted it to her and I was like, I had a really bad problem. I was like, but I'm so committed that I'm going to break this computer just to show you how committed. And I remember taking a laptop and it's not, a, I, it always sounds more impressive when I tell the story that I ripped the laptop apart, but they're made to be broken, right? The laptop yeah, is two yeah, pieces. Yeah. I just, I just took it back to its original form. Uh, but it always sounds cool to say like you, you had a computer in your hand, you ripped like it apart into book. two pieces, right? Yeah. Dude, that would be amazing. Right. Um, so no, you know, that, 
that was that. Um, next call I made, you know, was to another mentor of mine, just kind of sharing, you know, sharing these things and just bringing more men into into my circle, right? More men that were that knew about it, and more men that could hold me hold me accountable. Yeah. Um, over the next couple of weeks, Sean, like I literally called all my friends, like you know, whether they were local, I said I'd be like, hey, Ron, let's grab coffee, or you know, hey, Mike, let's you know, let's 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 go to the gym and get a workout. And somewhere in that, you know, somewhere in that coffee or somewhere in that workout, like I'd bring in the conversation, like, hey, man, I've been addicted for 20, 20 years, but I'm committed to getting out of it. I was just so excited to tell people because what happened is every time I would talk to a guy about it, thinking that they were going to judge me, thinking they'd be like, what are you talking about? Every single one of them was like, dude, it's okay, man. Like I've been yeah, dealing with the same thing my entire life. And for me, that just showed like, Hey, I wasn't the only one that was going through this. Like all of these men that I really look up to and really aspire to be like, they've dealt with the same thing too. So if they've gone on to produce these amazing lives, that means I can do this thing too. So I stuck with it, man. And, and I know this is getting super long winded the next three months, literally the way that I saw the world completely change. And I know this is due to some of the rebooting and rewiring of my brain. Um, and that led me to really putting my story out there because as somebody that had chased personal development, as somebody that had succeeded in bodybuilding, as somebody that had succeeded in business building, like I still was unaware of all of these things with porn addiction. And I felt like I had a lot of tools to keep me from falling into it. But if I was struggling with it, with everything that I knew, what about the guys that aren't pursuing becoming better? What are the, what about the guys that don't have access to the information that I have? What about the guys that don't have access to the people that I know? They need to hear what I've gone through and how it's changed my life. So the original mission of the podcast was just to put my story out there in the world and to have a place to share other people's stories. Um, now that's led us to launching Rebuild Recovery, which came about eight to nine months later. Uh, and that was a byproduct of really the market, the market needed it. Like I didn't want to get into coaching men out of pornography addiction. The men with porn came to me and said, Frank, we need you. We need you to help us. Um, so that's how I launched Re Rebuilt Recovery. And here we are, you know, a little over two years into this thing. Um, successfully had about 3000 men go through books, courses, coaching and programs, you know, worked about individually with 180 ish wow. men. Congratulations. Um, that's great work. No, thank so you, let man. me ask, let me interrupt you. And let me ask you this. Um, so I've, I've dealt with many guys who have been addicted to porn and typically what I get from them first is I don't see anything wrong with porn. Like what's the big deal? Like, so I'm watching a little bit of porn. So what are, what are some of the negative side effects? What, what is the, or what are the problems of watching porn compulsively? Yeah, well, I think it's I think it's important to, you know, understand that everything that we consume um, has, you know, there's there's a stimulus and there's a response that that occurs within our brain. So a lot of I believe the the severe impacts is is how it hijacks your dopamine and how it hijacks your reward center within your brain. So they've done studies and scans, you know, I don't know how much people know about, you know, the dopamine reward system, but, you know, dopamine is a, is, is, is a chemical that's designed to keep us moving towards our goals. It's, it's, it's very closely tied to motivation, but what it does happen is it does get these huge stimulus effects, you know, 
snort a line of cocaine, massive hit of dopamine, um, you know, take a hit of cocaine or take a hit of meth, massive hit of cocaine, take an ice bath, huge spike in dopamine, not as high as, you know, cocaine, but you still get a massive hit. A little bit of coffee is going to give you a little bit of hit of dopamine when you consume internet streaming pornography. So this is not the magazine that I stumbled across when I was six years old. This is not a VHS tape that you inject into uh, a VCR. This is internet streaming pornography. This is what our young men uh, and young boys and what everybody has access to today, basically 24-7. It's recognized in the neuroscience world as a super normal stimulus, meaning the stimulus response that you get from from how your dopamine responds to it is super normal. It's outside of anything that you would experience in the natural world. And because dopamine offers on a cycle, a pain pleasure cycle, anytime there's a hit in uh, an elevation of dopamine, that's always going to be followed by dip. And if people really want to explore this topic, I would recommend checking out Dr. Anna Lemke's book, Dopamine Nation. She does the most incredible job of explaining this. So with every spike, there comes a dip. So if we're getting these super normal spikes, that means we're getting below baseline dips on a consistent basis. Now, the problem comes in is once I've trained my brain that it can go get these spikes from porn, I no longer want to pursue the goals in my life that actually bring me real dopamine. So it undermines our motivation. It hijacks, it hijacks your motivation. Goals. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Now I, I do want, like I, 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 actually. yeah, I do want to make the comment though, that just because you watch porn, I don't think you're addicted to it. I have certain views, uh, around it that I don't think morally and ethically anybody should be consuming it, but I'm not here to tell you what to do with your life. You can go have a drink of alcohol and just because you drink alcohol doesn't make you an alcoholic. You can do recreational drugs. I wouldn't advise it, but just because you do them doesn't make you a drug addict. My work, the men that we help are the ones that are actually identified that there is an addiction and a problem within their life. I think a lot of people think that, oh, just because I'm telling you that you, or just because you watch porn, means you're a bad person or I'm judging you. That's not what I'm doing. So I just, I just want to be. be yeah, vi- fair enough. And, you know, one of the things that I've seen in a lot of young men in, you know, around 20, give or take five years, is this growing phenomenon of ED, of erectile dysfunction. Mm. That, you know, it, this kind of phenomenon fascinates me in the sense, and, and I agree, like a, all these young men have grown up with porn on their phone. So they can go to the bathroom at school and watch porn and yeah. masturbate. And, and the, one of the problems with it is it's hard for real life to stack up against <laughs> these kind of picture perfect women in porn. And if you go back, I don't know, two, 300 years when we were living in towns where everyone looked the same and all the women were similar, there was only, you know, the only people that could really get exotic or different looking that could hook up with or have relationships with exotic or different looking women were like kings or rulers or princes, you know, those in the royalty or wealthy. And everyone else was just kind of with other women that looked pretty similar. And now you can scroll through, you know, channels of porn and see any type of woman you want in any type of situation, which makes it almost impossible for us to get aroused or makes it very difficult for us to get aroused when we're actually with a woman that we care about. And that's leading to this ED epidemic in young. Yeah, people. and I don't think it's I don't think it's due to the the the, the variety. Um, it's due to what fires together wires together. So yeah. they've trained in and conditioned themselves that when sex is taking place, I'm supposed to be a spectator. I'm supposed to be sitting on the sidelines consuming it, not in the act of it. 
Um, so this is, I think that this is a probably a, a higher, you know, reason as to why mm-hmm. there's such a rise in, in the ED with, with young men is just the timidness as, as which they've trained themselves that women aren't actually people. Women are just objects. So why would I be able to look a, look an object in his eyes and get physically intimate with it if I've trained myself that this is just something I'm supposed to be consuming and pleasuring myself to? Well, and I absolutely agree with the objectification of women argument. I, I think that that's one of the big harms that porn does is it kind of continues that man box socialization process of women are objects and they are objects to be used for sexual pleasure. And an extension of that is, women are man's objects. Mm-hmm. And, and I think, I think that just continues that line of thinking going at a deep level and it, you know, it could be subconscious, but it's a really, really damaging belief for men in our society, I believe. Yeah. And it's, I mean, just, just with, so the desensitization effect comes, comes into play here, right? You know, just like with any addiction, like what you get addicted to and hooked on right at the beginning, it doesn't cause the same stimulus. You just go deeper and deeper and deeper into these rabbit holes. So these young boys that are, you know, accessing porn at 10, 11 years old, yeah, they maybe get introduced to casual sex, you know, or not casual, but vanilla, you know, man and woman. Yeah. And then, you know, as their brain begins to get, uh, you know, um, desensitized to these things, it's like, well, A, number one, the algorithms know that this is going to happen. So the algorithms are are literally feeding these boys some of the hardcore material because that's what's going to keep them hooked on it. So you get these young men that are like consuming this, this porn, these hardcore graphic BDSM choking, strangling multiple partners. And it's like these young boys, if they were even in the room while some of these things were taking place, like they wouldn't be able to sit in. It would be too uncomfortable for them. But yet they can watch it and, and and, and pleasure themselves. So it creates the t- cognitive dissonance. You know, I heard a I heard a very disheartening story. I think it was the founder of Fight the New Drug, which is an amazing organization that does a lot of awareness on human trafficking and the dangers between pornography. He gave a talk in an event one time uh, where he shared a story. And the story was, I think it was a 13, 14 year old boy. And the boy was excited because he had his girlfriend coming over to the house. Like the parents set up the, the car. They had the big screen kind of projector screen. So they were doing like a movie, like a drive movie like at the house type of thing they're like it could be cool you know for a 14 year old boy that's kind of a cute thing to do right um so they leave him in the car you know an hour or so goes by parents come out to check on him the kid's got his hands around the girl's throat and they pull him out of the car they're like what are you like what is going on and they're like well i love her like isn't this how i tell her that i love her because this boy had been caught up in and consuming this strangling, choking, abusive yeah. pornography. So the male brain isn't fully developed till, you know, 25, 27 years old. Yet they're consuming all this materials. They don't have the ability to disconnect from a reasoning standpoint, from a okay, this is this is fantasy over here. This is this is not this is just something that I'm watching. This isn't real life. What they see because they're seeing it play out in their brain is, Oh, this is, this is love. This is how that's where I would argue the majority of young men get their modeling or their education around what sex is or what good sex is. Oh, absolutely. There's no one else really talking to them about what good sex or what making love actually looks like. Yeah, no, absolutely. You're not arguing with me on that. (laughs) Uh, I'm right there with you. (laughs) So yeah, I, I mean, I think the other thing that comes to mind is kind of the the idea of harm to those that are in the videos. Mm. And you know, I think that's debatable because 
some people are in that industry by choice and say they want to be there and it, you know, they're getting paid good money. And yet I still think. It's yeah. I've had, yeah. I mean, you, 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 you say by choice, you know, um, but how much of that is, you know, trauma related, like had these girls, you know, the environment yeah. that a lot of I've, 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 I've interviewed multiple, you know, porn stars. I've had, you know, the, the former top performer, male performer in the world, the thousands, thousands and thousands and thousands of films. Um, it's dark, man. You know, there's drugs, there's alcohol, these women, you know, they're not paid unless they do certain things. There's some documentaries that are coming out that I'm actually not at, at like at liberty to talk about yet, but um, there definitely are some things coming these next couple of months that are really going to begin to expose, um, you know, the dark side of the industry. Um, and then, and then, you know, I don't, I don't want to get too dark here, but you know, the whole trafficking side of things, you know, yeah. you can put anybody in the world. I, I think maybe this has changed because there's been a lot of pushback to organizations like Trafficking Hub and Exodus Cry over these last couple of years that a lot of these big sites are really beginning to, the CEO and CEO of Pornhub just stepped down like a week and a half ago because there's been so much pushback about the company. But for years, any person in the world could just go upload a video to the site without any verification of who is in those videos. Yeah. So you may think that you're consuming, you know, an Consent. amateur porn or, or consensual porn. And that yeah. could be used. That could be, you know, person that is being raped or it person that is could being be trafficked porn. in yeah. revenge. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's a whole genre about that. Right. So, so let me, let me ask you this. So let's say someone's listening to this and they kind of wake up and go, holy shit. Like I, I think I might actually have an issue with porn. How does someone develop the self-confidence or the self control to get rid of or get free of pornography? What are some of the initial steps? Yeah, I think the first one, and and this is just like with with any acceptance of any addiction or or any behavioral change that you that you need to make, is an acceptance of your current state is is not what you want, right? You actually have to say, yeah. I, it's not, I think it's a problem. It's no, this porn thing is, is a major problem. And these are the ways in which it's impacting my life. So what we, what we coach our men on doing is not just recognizing the problem, but saying, how is this problem manifesting other problems in our life? So what is the impact that we're having? How are you not showing up as a father you're supposed to be? How is your porn addiction holding you back from your health and fitness? How is your porn addiction holding you back from pursuing your purpose or passion in this world? Maybe you're not making as much money as you want to do. So you have, you have uh, porn. Is the, one of the things that comes to mind is how is the porn addiction holding you back from connecting fully and authentically with your partner, with, absolutely. Your, spouse, with your girlfriend, because there's got to be a big shame element to this too. Right. And the shame mm. convinces us that we are not worthy of connection. Yes. And that, so that enters in there. And I think it undermines the quality of the relationship or connection that you have with any sort of romantic partner. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. No, I was just reviewing. Um, so we do a, we do a testimonial series, uh, with some of our top students and graduates. Uh, we call it the I am rebuilt series. And I was reviewing one of the videos, uh, this morning with one of our recent, one of our recent, you know, graduates and his name was Clay. Um, and in the, you know, in the interview, like, you know, asking him like what, you know, what came out of the program? And he's like, dude, I've been married for years. I have three kids. I had sex with my wife for the first time in this program. <laughs> Wow. Great point. Yeah. Because yeah. before that he was having sex with images in mm -hmm. his mind. Yes. 
people yes. that were not his wife, which is yes. really common. Yes. And when you could just, so it was a video interview. So that's what he said. But when you see the, the way that his face lights up as if he had connected with this human being for the first time they'd been married and had a family with, like for me, John, that's why I do the work that yeah. I do. It's for those, it's for those stories. So yeah, the impact on the relationship is, is a major part of it. But so you, 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 identify those areas in which porn has been negatively impacting your life. And then the solution isn't just to kick porn. The solution is to change your life from the bottom up. So if we begin to become the man that connects with his wife, we can begin to become the man that puts health and in, in, in fitness priority in his life first, begin to attack and aggressively pursue your, per, uh, your purpose and passions in this world. You know, maybe you just need to go ask your boss for a raise because you don't have the confidence to do that. But when you begin to show up as the man that's going to accomplish those things in his life, you quickly see how these pursuits of chasing meaningless pleasure no longer serve you in any capacity at all. So it's kind of a bottom-up approach that we like to use. Okay. Sounds good. So let's say someone has decided to quit porn for good and they're working on leaving porn behind. What are some of the reasons that that person might relapse? Yeah, I think it's two. I think there's two very, very distinct ones. Um, and the biggest one is the lack of belief in and of himself. You know, most men that come to me or most men that are struggling with porn, they've tried and failed dozens of times, if not hundreds of times. You talked about the shame, right? You know, they're, they're chasing this pleasure. The minute they're done, they're like, again, why did I do this? This is the last time. And they scream it and they voice it and they're like, they slam the computer like, I'm never going back again. Two days later, same place, same screen, same laptop, boom, doing it again. So what's happening there is because they've said one thing, but then their actions are going in a different direction is underneath the hood. The subconscious mind is tracking all of this. And our subconscious mind operates at 11 million data points per second. Our conscious brain operates at 40. So it's 11 million to 40 is the ratio. How much of our behavior is driven subconsciously versus consciously. So if you attempt, if you said that you're going to stop, yet you keep returning, then your subconscious programming for your identity is the person that is not going to be able to succeed. So the first reason, and probably the biggest reason why most men fail is due to lack of belief in and of themselves. This is why we built our company on the foundation that the only way to overcome your porn addiction is to become the man that is no longer addicted to porn. And it's that becoming that we actually take you through an identity change. Yeah, and, and I agree with you. I, I think the way that I look at it is fixed versus growth mindset that I'll, I'll talk with all my clients initially about, you know, what is your belief that change is possible? Because a lot of us have a fixed mindset about like, let's say it's getting rid of porn addiction. If I don't believe change is possible, guess what? Change isn't going to be possible. Yeah. If I have a growth mindset and that's just a decision, I'm, I'm going to choose to adopt a growth mindset about kicking porn. That means that I might have some setbacks. It might be difficult, but through perseverance, effort and ongoing learning, I can find a way to get this out of my life. Absolutely. No, big, big fan of Carol Dweck's work. Um, you know, when, sometimes actually when we describe, you know, the company, it's, you know, we're the, we're the world's only fully integrated and holistic growth centric approach uh, to porn addiction recovery. So yeah, right, right in line with, with all of that, yeah. right? You have to, right. you have to believe before you can actually create. Yeah. 
So I pulled you off task. So that was the first reason. What's the second reason? Second reason would just be the inability to do the things that are necessary to live a porn-free life, right? And like, <laughs> sounds pretty simple, but I think this is getting us into kind of some character building stuff, right? Like, you know, are you a man of discipline? Are you a man of integrity? Are you a man that does the things that he says he's going to do? Do you hold and possess and develop confidence on a consistent and regular basis? Uh, because there will come temptations. There will come uh, triggers. There will come lustful thoughts and moments where you're like, ah, it'd be really easy to revert back to that. But you're a man of your word. Are you a man that's, that does what he says he's going to do? So the only two reasons, in my opinion, John, I believe a man would fail would be to do the lack of that belief or or the lack of the, the character or the inability to do the things necessary to live a porn-free life. I, I can also see a potential third reason, which is a lot of our behavior is emotionally driven. And, you know, we are not very self-aware creatures. And so a lot of times we'll be gripped by an emotion and we're not aware of it. And so for, you know, you talk about like triggers and it could be like boredom or arousal or excitement. And then you're acting on that emotion before you're even aware that that's starting to act. So a lot of this also strikes me self like increasing self-awareness can be a, a component. Yeah. Yeah. The only, the only, I guess the only, the only thing I would see there is there's like, Porn isn't going to be a single reaction. There's not going to be an emotional response. And then the next thing, your pants down, porn sites pulled up. There's a series of steps. So the initial emotion might trigger reaction, but in the preceding steps that you must take to get to pornography, you should have enough awareness or you should be able to gain the control because in between stimulus and response, there is a gap and in that gap dictates our freedom, right? Victor Frankl. Um, so you should be able to, yeah, I, I definitely understand. Like you may be beginning to go down that path, but there's multiple steps that you have to take to get to that point. And I think that's where, whether it's the character or just the awareness is going to step into play. Like, uh, 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 your emotions took over here. Can you scale it back? But yeah, it comes down to to the self awareness piece as yeah, well. Which that that self awareness piece is what you have to lay the you have to increase. lay the groundwork. Yeah, so we'll lay the groundwork in the first couple of weeks. It's like, okay, what are your weak spots? What are your vulnerabilities? What are your triggers? Because if you know these things, then you can see them as they're coming. Yeah, and and I think the self awareness, and then this could be through a mindfulness practice or other practices to build like metacognition or thinking about thinking or awareness of what's going on in your body, that's what helps you to expand or extend the length of time between stimulus and response. It, it helps you to build the gap. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. No, we have a, uh, so we have a, it's, it's funny you said, what is it? Metacognition is thinking about thinking. Yeah. Is that what? Yeah. yeah. So we actually have uh so it's, it's our evening. I call it the evening reflection journaling. And ex it's exactly what I tell the guys. I just want you to spend some minutes every night thinking about what you've been thinking about throughout yeah. the day. And, and it can also be thinking about emotion, like thinking about what you're feeling. Like, I love that idea of just stopping and asking yourself several times a day, huh, what am I feeling right now? Mm. And there's studies that show that just asking the question with a pause helps to build metacognition. You don't even have to answer the damn question. Like the answer is irrelevant, which that part's pretty wild. So, you know, I really like that idea because it's simple. It's easy to do. Just, huh, what am I feeling right yeah. now? Yeah. Um, love that. I, I, as you're saying this, man, I was like, I just do, I, I just do that by default, like multiple yeah. times. I, I wasn't aware of what I was doing. I'm so glad now I have like uh, a label for it. That's powerful stuff, yeah. man. But no, I'm all, all the but time that checking skill in of metacognition things. is huge, right? Because, and then the more we develop it, the more we have the chance to look back at our own yeah. feelings and thoughts, that thought stream to say, 
okay, I'm feeling depressed. What do I want to do about that? Or I'm feeling energized or I'm feeling happy, you know, mm. and, and you don't have to become immersed in that thought stream and be hijacked by it. You can, you know, it helps you to step out of it. Um, so what else, what are some other areas in this last 10 minutes that we can touch on that are important to you about this porn addiction or porn recovery? Yeah, I mean, we, you know, we talked about, you know, the, the, the effects, the steps here. Um, we touched on the human trafficking side. We talked, we, we touched on the, the behind the scenes. We covered, we covered a lot here, man, in a very, what are, what very are some short of the, of time. Um, let me go back to the beginning. What are some of the situations that have led men to wake up? I, and I'm assuming it's mostly men. I, I imagine women can get addicted too, but my, my assumption might be right or wrong is that more men than women are addicted to porn. But what are some of the situations that lead men to wake up and go, oh my God, I do have a porn addiction. This is a problem. Yeah. How do you know if I have a problem? Put it that way. Is it frequency? Is it, is it, oh my God, I've gone so far down the rabbit hole that now I'm watching gangbangs and BDSM videos only? Is it the negative impact that it has on my relationships or my productivity? Yeah, man, it's, God, that's such a, that's a great question. I've never, never been asked in, 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 in this way. I think for most men, like if it's a problem, they know. And they're probably avoiding it. Um, you know, like I talked about at the beginning, I, I don't think if, if you consume pornography once that you're, you're an addict. Um, you know, I, I, I mentioned Dr. Anna Lemke's book at the beginning, Dopamine Nation, which is something if anybody's interested, you know, kind of based on some of the things we discussed uh, with their dopamine, they, they should definitely recommend. I asked her because I had her on my podcast. She, she, she runs the Stanford Addiction Clinic. Um, I said, what, like, how do you even define addiction? In, in addiction is the repeated or continual use of a substance and or behavior despite negative consequences to mm -hmm. self and or others. So if your pornography, if your consumption of pornography is having negative impacts on any area of your life, if it's robbing you of your time, if it's robbing you of your intimacy, if it's robbing you of your motiva motivation to go pursue goals, it's robbing you of actually even getting out of the house, you, you probably have a problem. What I, what I would challenge men though, the ones that are like, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. I watch it every day and it's no big deal. I could stop tomorrow. Go ahead. Go ahead and try. Give it a shot. Yeah. Give it a shot. Well, go 30 days or go 90 days. And I guarantee one of two things will happen. A number one, you're going to get two weeks into it. And then you're going to slip back and be like, damn, that guy, Frank, he really knew what he was talking about. He was right. Let me go download his book and let me get him on, on a call here. We'll, we'll sign up for his program. So that'll be the first thing is you're going to, you're, you're going to expose yourself. Um, secondly, if you've consuming porn regularly and you do go 90 days, I can almost guarantee uh, that the outcome of your life will, will improve for the better. I can't yeah. say you're going to turn into a superhero or some of the things sure. that you see online or anything like that. You know, you see some crazy stuff in some of these forums. It's like, you know, quitting porn made me become 6'10". It's like, how? Like, you know, it's just like, it's kind of like, uh, I, don't really, I don't really think so. You know so what I mean? But, I, but I think the question to me is a fascinating one because, and, and here's why like self-awareness, I brought that in and, you know, I'm kind of an emotion geek. So I've dealt with men for, I don't know, 25 years. And one of the one of the ways when we're socialized, I would argue, is that we're socialized in such a way that anger becomes our primary or signature emotion. And so when we're angry, we're externalizing all blame. So 
typically I would think that this, the problem of porn is going to come up in a relationship. And so you're going to get a partner saying, Hey, you know, I think you got a problem with porn to which most men I would argue or suspect they're going to get pissed and they're going to externalize blame and they're going to deflect. Mm. And the problem with that is when we get angry, we don't take any responsibility for what we do. We're just trying to defend ourselves. And there's, it, it cuts out room for growth and learning. So I don't know yeah. if you have any thoughts on that. No, that, I mean, yeah, that's, uh, that's powerful, man. Um, I mean, I think that anger really keeps us locked into status quo. Yeah. So about, it's like 60, 40 of the men that, that I work with that are single for some reason, like I'm attracting really? more of the men, um, that, that are just struggling. I think because it's, this is the younger generation, right? I don't okay. know, you know, your, your, your men might be, um, a little bit more seasoned, you know, 35, 40. I don't know if that's the demographic, yeah. but these young men, the ones that we were talking about at the beginning, right? The ones that have been raised 20 something on, on porn. Yeah. The 20 somethings, one that have been raised on this porn generation. These guys aren't in relationships. These guys aren't even able to get to that point. So a lot of the guys that I, 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 work with and talk to aren't at that stage. Now I have had the ones that, you know, um, it's been brought to them due, due, due to their wife. A lot of what you're talking about, I hear from the women. Like I get a lot of, you know, DMs, comments, messages from women. God, like almost like I was a godsend to him. Like I thought that every guy out there, because I've had this conversation and my, my husband or boyfriend just tells me to shut up. It's something that every guy does. And it's like, yeah, yeah, I just like, I just want to go strangle these men. Like I want to slap them in the face, like man up, like you're being like, you're being a weak, weak man. Like these women do not deserve to be treated that way. Um, so I haven't had a lot of experience, like dealing with the anger side of, of the men. I get it from, from the female side though, where they're like, what, okay. what, what, what can I do? And well, and honestly, so I imagine I that agree. if if it's single guys in their twenties coming to you, I could imagine there's a lot of shame. There's low self-worth, low, self low self-esteem, like those kind of issues. Yep. And, and maybe, so maybe they've had trouble approaching women in the past, mm -hmm. which is reinforced or been reinforced by the porn. Yeah. It becomes a cycle. And then right? it isolates them. Yep. Um, it becomes a massive cycle. Yeah. That they so get into. that makes sense too. Yeah. And it, it all just fascinates me, right? It's all just, I'm curious about the whole dynamic because humans are complex or complex beings. Um, <laughs> you know, you mentioned the subconscious and the, I mean, I agree with you that that unconscious mind processes way more information in quantity and speed than our conscious mind. Our conscious mm -hmm. mind is slow by yeah. comparison. And so we become creatures of habit. We, yeah, we, we just, you know, I love, and I've mentioned this stat before, but there's this recent research that shows that 95% of us will self-report that we are highly self-aware, but in fact, it's about 10 to 15%. So that means there's this huge chasm between people out there that think they're really self-aware <laughs> and have no clue or you see them, you see them all the time on social media, right? It's like, yeah. I'm sure you, you just, you can see these people from, from a mile away. I know a lot of those people like in my personal so, life. Thank you for coming on and sharing your story and talking about this because I think for, I think this is a really important topic. Um, I think that a lot of men, I think this is a safe way for men to discover more about it mm. by listening to this conversation. Uh, is there anything in wrapping up that I didn't ask you that I should have? 
I don't think so, brother. No, I mean, I really, I really enjoyed this, this conversation. Um, you did an amazing job today of, you know, of, of leading this charge. I want to recognize you as well, um, you know, for, for having this, I think you hit the nail on the head, right? Like this, this is the way that we begin to create change in the world through, through men like yourself that are going to open up their platforms and begin to have this, this conversation. One thing you didn't do, which normally happens when I go on these shows is like, there's this like, uh, asterisk or disclaimer, like at the beginning, it's like, we're going to have the taboo topping. And it's like, I'm sick and tired of hearing that. It's like the fact no, that it's got to be tabooed. Tabooed. It's like, that's exactly why we need to be having it. So no, bro, I just, I just appreciate you, man. I hope, you know, I hope, uh, the men out there, uh, that, that were here with us today, you know, receive something from this. If you're struggling though, I think just the last words here is like, you're not alone, right? You know, uh -huh. I've, I've obviously, you know, I've demonstrated in, in, in my story, my journey, you've talked about, um, you know, your, your, your struggle a little bit here as well. Um, you know, if you need a safe place, I think a lot of time, um, many times just a conversation and admittance to another person about what you're doing um, begins to remove some of that shame. You can begin to at least see the light at the end of the tunnel. So if anybody is open to it, um, we have a free book. I don't know if you'd be okay with me, you know, plugging. Absolutely. Pl Cause plug I was going to, I was going to pl uh, plug your two sites too. So feel free to do that. Yeah. So anybody that is, you know, maybe on the fence or has identified that it's a problem and they're like, want to start taking, taking some steps. If you go to, uh, www.the7stepguide.com, it's all spelled out. Uh, it's a free book. It's a seven step guide to living life without porn. Uh, just download it. Just, just put your email address. Um, and inside of that book, there's actually, um, a link, uh, you book a free consultation call. You know, we'd love to just okay. invite you on and, and have, you know, have a call with somebody. Um, if you just want to find a, if you just need a safe place, many times, like, you know, like Zach was for me on February 14th, just a container to have the real honest conversation. I'd love to have anybody on that would, you know, is, is struggling in that area. Awesome. And so the other two sites that I wanted to mention are rebuiltrecovery.com and mm -hmm. thesuperhumanlife.com if you want to check out the podcast. And I got to say thank you, Frank, for being here and, and being honest and transparent. I really appreciate it. And that is it for this episode of The Evolved Caveman. If you liked it, if you valued what you heard today, please feel free to like, rate, review, and share. If you didn't like it, you don't have to do a damn thing. <laughs> Thanks so much. That's it for this episode. Thank you for listening to the Evolved Caveman Podcast. If you like what you've heard, support us by subscribing, leaving reviews, and sharing the podcast with friends and colleagues. For the latest, most powerful tools to connect with like-minded men, join the Facebook group at The Evolved Caveman. Follow Dr. John on Instagram at The Evolved Caveman, all one word, or join the email list by visiting guidetoself.com. 